Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! Welcome back to Dunks and Discourse, episode 22. Um, it has been a quieter week on the NBA movie front, but we've got some good conversation starters that we're going to walk through, and we will get back with the movie polls again next week, take us through something else. NBA season is creeping closer and closer. As Jabari said, you know, the last couple conversations, despite all of the discourse that we had and all of the talking points of which there were many, it does feel like the inevitable... Uh, loss of billions is going to be too much to reconcile, and we are going to get a season. Jabari, how you doing? Hey, not bad, not bad, and and I, and I I tend to agree with you. You know, regardless of the optics, regardless of you know what will eventually come of it, they're going to get out there. It's going it, it's going to take place. Yeah, I, I mean, it feels like all of it, it. You know, you did kind of call it. I'm giving you your props, but like <laughs> there was some some panic in my heart for about ten days, and it felt like. Everything with Kyrie, Kyrie was spiraling, and there was like some real pushback. But it certainly seems to have kind of calmed down the last five days, and it looks like you know we are getting a season. Yeah, and not only that, like I'm going to be honest with you, I, I was very interested to see like you know what the reaction would be like once players did make that you know make that determination, uh, you know that they you know they, the bubble simply wasn't for them, and you know outside of a little bit of stuff uh, that was you know shot Trevor Ariza's way. I can appreciate that fans at least have that understanding. You know, you know, for the for the record, uh, I don't know if you saw this. Ariza, he's electing to stay away from the bubble because he's in the middle of an ongoing uh, custody battle. You know, for his child, which obviously, you know, you know, anybody can respect that. And uh, but I'm interested in seeing what you thought about Davis Bertans. So here's the thing. I mean, I'm not gonna do the. I'm not gonna tap dance on the timeline for likes like certain individuals. Oh. He's an innovator. Good for good for Bertans. I don't, I don't think this is good that players are going to start to do this. I don't, I don't think it's good for the league. I don't think it's good for momentum. However, I don't even understand why the Wizards are there in the first place. <laughs> so so it, it's hard for me to take a hard stance here. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. That, that, that's that's kind of what I was looking for because I was like, you know what? Those two are not the same thing. Like somebody no. you know, somebody dealing with a custody battle is not the same thing as like saying like, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm ready for my free agency. And I'm not – look, I'm not knocking the guy because he's, he's looking out for self. And that is what that is, but we have to be upfront about it. That's you know, th- th- Those are not the same conversations. No, you got to get paid. If you can get paid, get paid. But And, and it's the Wizards. I'm like, yeah. there's no point in them even being in this thing. It, it's so pointless. However, though, like <sighs> – you know what? What if uh, what if Anthony Davis says that? Yeah, you know? then we have a problem. Then we have a real problem. We're getting, like, it's it's just the snowball effect that I worry about. You know, it, Davis Bertans can do what's best for him. I just I think that it, it's not good for the league if players start bowing out. 
Yeah, it's it's not going to be good. I don't. I honestly don't think you're going to see too too many folks like that. I mean, he, you know, he's a unique case. He's coming. You know, he's he's had some injuries over the last few years. He's trying to you know, work himself. You know, work him work himself back. And I'm not making excuses for him, but I'm just you know for the listeners' you know, perspective, just setting the tone. So I get why he would do it. Uh, but like you, I, I I would hope that we don't see too too much of that moving forward because then you know, like you know, like if if it ends up being you know like five or six guys, that's one thing. But if it ends up being twenty or twenty five guys. Well, then we have a different conversation, and 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 the optics of it, you know, yeah, de- definitely the conversation you know surrounding the league is you know is not going to be what the NBA wants. And it remains a stars league. I, I mean, if the stars are all going to play, I think the majority of players will play. Like there may, might be a few more rotation players who bow out, and that that is fine. But you know, if a Donovan Mitchell or if an Anthony Davis or if a Joel Embiid, if somebody with some star power and some clout decides they are out. We could really see a, a rock slide still, which I think is the last big hurdle to just getting this done. No, yeah, without a doubt, and and hopefully it doesn't come to that. But you know, you just mentioned a name that I was I was actually wondering, you know, like if you saw the stuff over the weekend because I know that you were on the road. Did you happen to see what you know what's been going on with Donovan Mitchell and some of the back and forth with the uh, with the fan base there in Utah? No, I missed all that. Well, Donovan Mitchell he posted on Instagram. Uh, essentially, the post was was alluding to the fact that you know we are free ish now uh, instead of free. You know, you're free, you're free adjacent. Um, you know, whether folks agree with it or not, there were some folks that went off. Okay, um, pause. Can, before, just for my clarity, because I didn't see any of this. Like we, as in people living in today's society, or we, as in Black Americans. He was speaking as a Black American. Okay. Yeah. And basically being told, you know, do you, you like, do you like, don't start this stuff. You know, who are you? You're a millionaire. You're spoiled. You're this. You're that. A lot of the ugly, you know, like, you know, like a lot of the truly, truly ugly stuff that I was really worried about coming, you know, coming as a result of some of the, you know, some of the verbiage and some of the conversations that were taking place in the timeline. But and, and it's funny because uh, Dan Favell, um, and I hope I said his his last name properly, uh, he he was kind enough to have me on uh, Hardwood Knox, Hardwood Knox over the weekend, and we and we had this discussion. It's like one of those things where, and, and I, I said it to him, I'm wondering how you feel about it. If you're a fan of the Utah Jazz, regardless of how you feel about you know, that statement, you don't get talent like, you know, you don't get that specific type of talent like Donovan Mitchell very often. So in my estimation, these, you know, this, this, this type of behavior, because he has reacted you know, several times to it, this type of behavior is what will set the tone for him to, you know, to, him to you know, uh, leave town within the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, again, and this is my, like, this is takey, I don't know anything, but I very much felt like that whole article about, like, Gobert and Mitchell mm-hmm. not being able to reconcile. when I, I did not get that vibe at all from any of it. Um, could have very much been, like, Mitchell's people setting the table mm-hmm. for him to exit in sort of a graceful way where he's not the bad guy. There were reasons, you know. There, there is now. There's fan reaction. There was the way that he was treated by a teammate. I, I very much think like Team Mitchell, Team Adidas. Like I, I, I don't know. I won't say think. I'm not positive, but I, I very much could feel that if Mitchell bolted, it would be not shocking at all. I'll go down that path with you, I, and and I, and I'll jump out the window. Look, players and teams and agencies, they always do this stuff. Like anytime, look, anytime. You see a big name free agent who's always said all the right things, always embraced the fan base, always embraced the city, always embraced the market, especially if it's a market that you know deep down, speaking generally, you know deep down nobody's trying to go to. 
and then all of a sudden you start to see you know, you start to hear stories or, or see you'll see things like this being leaked of course that's setting the foundation yeah and i mean i don't want to throw i i really don't like that um one fan base or team is painted in a particular way like boston can take their jokes um mm-hmm. you know justin rowan needs his bit but at the end of the day like there is if you there are a lot i have asked an awful lot of players what's your least favorite place to play and i often hear utah and i often hear because of the fans and um i'm, I'm not throw, like there are great jazz fans absolutely you know? not all jazz fans but, <laughs> but but there is some there is some there is a reason that we have had so many conversations and so many players have said that and some of the more graphic animated uh blown up issues over the last few years have, have happened in utah and to be clear, and, and, and obviously you cleaned it up. I want to clean you know, make sure that folks understand. Some of my favorite follows on Twitter are jazz fans, jazz analysts, and you know folks that are you know uh, that love the Utah Jazz. But y'all know, just like I will acknowledge that there are some ugly stuff going on in in, in you know say Lakers you know Lakers Twitter. There's some real ugly stuff. If jazz fans are honest, they, they you know they have to be upfront about this. Yeah, and you know what, like. You can feel however you want to feel. I've never had a player be like, you know what, Charlotte Hornets fans are the worst. Yeah, I've n- never. I've, I've never had a player be like, I don't know, San Antonio Spurs San Antonio, fans are the worst. yeah. Yeah. That's funny I have heard Oklahoma to. City, and I have heard Utah, and I have heard Boston. Hmm. If I ask a player 90% of the time, those are the three cities I've heard. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is, right? Like, I'm not playing in the NBA. I'm not making this up. It's just that's what I've been told. So... You know, if you like one of the whole, I think, messages of the last few weeks is if you want to be an ally and you hear someone out of line, you know, put your friends in check, put the people around you in check. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, see something, say something. It's cliche, but that's that's the reality. If you see if you're on the timeline and you see some folks that like you might interact with on a regular basis because you have a you have a a shared, you know, love in the Utah Jazz or Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert or whatever. And they say some wild out stuff. It's okay to you know be upfront with them. Yeah, um, I mean, in this week we, we got a lot of like NBA Twitter type talk stuff, which is which is stuff that I love to do. So let's run through a few of yeah, these. Let's um, War NBCSCS Warriors on Twitter took a break from trying to trade Andrew Wiggins for Giannis <laughs> and um, reported a, qu- a quote from Steve Kerr that says we are going to see the very best version of Draymond Green next year. True or false? I mean, I it, this you know what that feels like. Bomani often talks about it when you get an aging player, like you know whether it's an aging star, or just an aging player in general. When they start hitting you with, "I'm going to be in the best shape of my life," or "I'm in the best shape of my life," this is the best I've ever felt. It's usually cause for concern. Dr- Look, we we've seen Draymond play at a high level. We've seen it when he's in shape and when he's focused and when he's surrounded by you know a particular uh, uh, you know set of talent. He's in, you know he he could still be highly effective and, and very good at you know very good at his job. I do not believe at all that it will be the best we've ever seen from him. Um, even if he looks good, it's not going to be the best that we've seen from him because that was three four years ago. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on the same page. That, that I think that Draymond motivated Draymond can still be a much better player than we saw this year because he pretty much mailed it in on both ends. Yep. Um, you know I don't even blame him for that. The, the season was over. It was what it mm-hmm. was. Um, but we are Draymond is thirty. His best season ever was four or five years ago now mm-hmm. when they had the 73-win season before Kevin Durant came. 
It is the only season of his career where he shot over 35% from three. He shot 39% that year. He's never got back there as a shooter. It was his best offensive season, uh, likely because he was very a lot more involved than he was when Kevin Durant was there. But now he's gained, you know, five years. Uh, t- playing the defense that he does takes a toll. He's had some injuries. I just, again, I'm kind of where you are, where I think he could be a very good player. But it's pretty hard to imagine that all of a sudden – he, his three-point percentage jumps 10% higher than it's been the last two years. And uh, he's suddenly, you know, uh, a, be- a better offensive player than he was five years ago. Hey, look, if it happens, the Golden State's back in the conversation. I don't believe it's going to happen, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed. I, I honestly think if you had to put Draymond Green having the best season of his career or Andrew Wiggins um, taking that jump that we've been talking about for seven years, which is more likely? Okay, so this is this is unfair because I've seen Draymond Green. I haven't seen it from Wiggins. I've been on Team Wiggins and and believing and believing and believing and wanting to believe. And he's broken, you know, he's he he's broken that hard far too many times. I would have to go with Draymond if if that's the only choice. Yeah, and great. I'm not I'm not saying who's better though. I'm just saying. Do you think? Do you think? Oh no, Wiggins, no, I know. I'm yeah. saying like it's more likely that we see you know greatness from you know, you know greatness once you're recaptured from uh, from Draymond than a. Total turnaround, or, or finally, you know, like the, the 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 coming out party that we've all been waiting for for Wiggins. I would love to see it. I want to be wrong because I look. I'm one of those guys where, and I, I know that you know this, but for the listeners' sake, even if I'm wrong on something, if it's in, if it's in the benefit of the league or in the benefit of a player, I don't care. I I would much prefer to be wrong on this one. And Andrew Wiggins turned into the you know the the star, at least the star player that I thought he could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I would still love it to see it too. I would love to see an Andrew Wiggins motivated, looking the best that he's ever looked, and and then coming and playing for Canada would be would be my ideal. <laughs> but I I do think it's um, somewhat ironic that the Warriors pivoted around paying Harrison Barnes, and they now essentially have a worse player than Harrison Barnes for more money than Harrison Barnes makes. Honest question: Would you rather have Harrison Barnes right now for the next five years or Andrew Wiggins? Say the money was even. Well, I mean, with contract figured in, I, I would take Barnes, but with I, there's still a part of me that thinks Wiggins only 24. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could turn it around. I, I, I think if, if if money was even, I might roll the dice on Wiggins. But Harrison Barnes is a better shooter. I think he's a more versatile defender. You know, despite not having the being the athlete, and Harrison Barnes is a very good athlete. So I'm not trying to you know sell yeah, him but- short here. But Wiggins is, you know, an A. It really is an A plus athlete. So. Um, yeah, I, I mean Wiggins by a hair, but it, it's crazy because they're going to pay Wiggins twice what you know Barnes is getting paid. And, yeah, and, and you're exactly right. Because of the money, it's Barnes. If it was even, just because he's 24, and because yes, I still want it to be the case, I would probably go with him. But I, the fact that it was a difficult, it was a difficult, you know, response lets you, you know, you know it kind of shows you where he is. Yeah, but the thing is too is like versatility, and it's like I, I can play Barnes at the four or the three. And, and Wiggins is not really a facil- facilitator. You don't really want him as the off-ball guard because he's not a great shooter either. So he's a three, um, maybe even a four. Maybe, he like might, maybe, I was going to say, I could see them playing him with some four. Yeah. I could see him playing him with some four. I mean, it's an interesting situation. I, I, I just Barnes also has a declining deal, which I forgot to mention, which is always nice on the books. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that was, that was one that I went hummed and hot on a bit, but... Um, Actually, I, I have a few more NBA, but let let like I have a few more tweets lined up. But I did want to make sure that we mentioned this on the show. Okay. Um, I want to talk a, a different sport that we've never talked on the show before. Would you 
care to ponder, I guess, what sport I might want to talk about. Are you going to talk about uh, soccer, foot, uh, football? Nope. You're not going to talk about baseball. No. Oh, you, you want to go NFL? No, I want to go to uh, even more conservative sport than the NFL. Golf. No, more. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get tennis. <laughs> I want to go to NASCAR. <laughs> oh, got it, got it, got it. I want to talk about a noose being found mm. um, in the garage of the only black driver in NASCAR. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just feel like it's downright irresponsible to not give this this story a minute. That's fine. Like, That's how, how, how was it? Late this afternoon, NASCAR was made aware that a noose was found in the garage of the Stahl 43 team. We are angry and outraged and cannot state strongly enough how seriously we take this heinous act. We have launched an immediate investigation and will do everything we can to identify the person or persons responsible and eliminate them from the sport. As we have stated unequivocally, there is no place for racism in NASCAR, and this act only strengthens our resolve to make the sport open and welcoming to all. Listen, I don't know shit about NASCAR, but how do you not have film of the garage? There's no tape of anyone walking in, like... Nobody okay. carrying the suspicious bag who shouldn't have been there, like a noose. How many people were in his garage? Josh, I'm going to be upfront with you, man. This was this was the most predictable story of all time. When they when they came out and said we're going to take away Confederate flags, like every everyone everyone involved knew, everyone not involved knew. This is this is a culture that has been you know that, that has been accepted, that has been celebrated since the you know, since the beginning of you know since the beginning of the of, of the sport. So. Like to think that oh okay we just you know we're just gonna push a button it's gonna be the easy button we're gonna push a button take away the Confederate flag and everything's gonna be all good no you're gonna get it you're gonna get exactly what you saw you're gonna get people pushing back you're gonna get somebody that's likely on the inside because according according to the reports that I saw nobody had, can even get none, none of the fans can even access that you know they you know that area. So you're going to get somebody likely from the inside pushing back. You're going to get Confederate flags being flown over the stadium, lining all the you know, like lining up, you know, uh, uh, outside the stadium. You're going to get that because this is not going to be something that the folks that thought that that was an appropriate act, the folks that thought that it would be appropriate to you know to to, to hang a rebel flag, you know, a traitorous flag to begin with, they're not about to they're not about to just accept. Oh, okay, Bubba Wallace is here, so we all got to stop being us. I I. I can again. This is like the white privilege Canadian thing, or just like I'm me saying that this is just infuriating. And I saw this driving back um, from from my Father's Day weekend event, and I just, mm-hmm. I just, I was just angry. It's like, how could this be possible, man? And um, last week, I had the chance to do something kind of cool with my, with my class here in Canada. We had uh, Nate Bahar who, who plays some CFL football and mm. wrote a piece on. Uh, on, on race, you know, and to, to just, you know, generalize. And he was really cool, and he, he kind of came and repackaged that message for a younger white audience that, that very much cares, man. Mm, like, okay. my 11- and 12-year-old kids in this class in Canada care more than a lot of adults in the world. And, and that like that's so frustrating. And one of the kids asked, like, why is it so hard for people to, to feel like everyone should just be equal? Um, and I, I don't know, man. Sometimes kids just hit you with stuff, and... They're, un- they're they're unfiltered. They're un- they're, yeah. you know, they're, un- they're they're not polluted by the world yet. And she just said that. I just oh. stopped and I was like, I, I don't understand how eleven year olds can all just sit here and just know that this is all fucked up. But there are people who somehow feel n- not even like 
wronged. It's it's not an issue of being wronged. That's not why that noose was there. Like they just feel empowered to do. Yeah, that. emboldened. Yeah, I. Yeah. I, it's a frustrating thing, man. I was gonna mess with you, and my only response was go, was was going to be to read the lyrics of "This Is America" by Donald Glover, uh, Childish Gambino, but I won't do that. But yeah, that like listen to that song. That's where yeah. you know, that, that's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm I I I, I can say th- I should say things off air, but I just don't know how there's not more violence sometimes. Like I yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, certainly not advocating for it, of course. No, but I, um, I just. Yeah. But it is shocking. It is yeah. very shocking sometimes. It, when you when you see this stuff, and and I mean, we talked we talked about the Skittles package with George Zimmerman, and some of these things that, like again, uh, you know, I'm in a position where I haven't really had to know or educate myself or, or live in a state of fear. But I hear some of these things, and I'm like, it's amazing that uh, even if, even if you were like a terrible racist person, that you should have been cheering on Kaepernick. Just let everybody take a knee, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that was the even now it just it just is insane. Yeah. Look, the, the, here's the thing. Like, the funniest thing, like, and, and of course, this is a, like listeners probably like, yo, I didn't know this was where the conversation was going to go. I'll be quick about it. Racism does not make sense because it's irrational. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the two of us can have this conversation. Go like, how could they do this, or how could they not see this, or why would because yeah, because we're coming from a rational line of thought. An individual that has that, an individual that embraces this type of you know this type of ugliness, they're not rational. They're ne- like that's honestly that's the reason why you know prior to recently I didn't have these conversations on the timeline because it just wasn't worth my time. Because anybody that was still putting up a fight and saying like, well, I just don't get it, that's it, that's bullshit. Yes, we, and you, you know, we all and, got it. And and not to say like my dad like my dad's not I don't think he's a racist, but like. He's an old school, like Alberta, I've talked to you before, is a lot mm-hmm. like Oklahoma or Texas. Mm-hmm. Like he's an old school white and he's voted he's voted conservative his whole yeah. life. And we were at the dinner table this weekend and he's like, oh, this guy, you know, he did this video about Black Lives Matter and he was talking about firemen and how like it's not about my house is better than your house. It's like, hey, my house is on fire. So can we put out my house before we talk about your house? And that made a lot of sense to me. I kind of get it. And I'm like. I was like, wow, that's cool. My conservative dad watched a YouTube video and educated himself in three minutes, and now he's on board. And I'm just like, how is that? That's not that hard. Like, it's really I, not. It's really not. Like, I don't look. Like, if, like Josh, if I were to tell you, hey, Josh, I have cancer, you, would, you, know, like, you wouldn't respond with, yeah, but what about AIDS? Like, like that would never be the conversation. But that's the thing that, that, that kills me, too, is like, oh, I just, why, why is all lives matter bad? It's something that I've heard many times. I'm like, have you ever Googled that? Like if if you if you if you feel that why is all lives matter bad? Have you ever maybe just like did one six sentence second search bar search to like try and figure out why people are saying don't say that and why you know Black Lives Matter isn't some sort of you know militia movement thing that you're worried about? Yeah, but, I, I, I got to be honest. It's the reason why I'm not willing to give the benefit of the doubt um, you know, anymore. Yeah. Like just because like come on man like. We've had all these conversations. I know that, and I know that there are certain listeners that don't want to necessarily hear these things, and I understand that because everything is a lot right now. Everything is a lot, like you yeah. know, from you know 100%. from the pandemic, you know from the pandemic, from the violence, from the you know like you know from the disgusting you know, you know treatment. All of that stuff is a lot, and so I get it. But I also you know want to say you know, and I'll say it for Josh as well. We do appreciate you guys hearing us out sometimes because sometimes it's cathartic for us to just have these conversations. Also, this is our podcast. If you don't like it, fuck you. Uh, you know, like, 
I mean, the, like, hey, that's another like, way to say it. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're not making a million dollars through this podcast. Uh, Wendy's is, is isn't sponsoring yeah. us. You're, li- you're listening for free. Yeah, you know, we're having a good time. We're doing this, but this is our platform, and um, we're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk movies because that's what we both love to do. Yeah. That's that's why like we came together as friends, and that's you know why we we discuss things on the timeline. But when I see that uh, you know Americans are mysteriously being hung from trees and there's suicides or whatever, and there's asterisks and all of this, and then a noose gets thrown in um, an NASCAR garage, I, I'm going to spend five minutes on it because you know I got friends down there who are black and are sick of this shit, and uh, you know that is it's the least I can do. You know it's the it's the least we could do. Very well said. Um, let, let's do one more bit before we hear from a word from our sponsors. Did you happen to see Rotten Tomatoes put out the HBO oh like God. March Madness bracket? I'm gonna pull this up as we discuss it because I was I was physically upset. Let, let Physic- me let me just run you through. Um, this whole bracket sucks. Like this, like I don't even the person who made this bracket could not have watched any of these HBO no shows. Chance. No chance. Like. Um, and I mean, there's 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 plenty like everyone stands for every HBO show. Like there's a lot of fans. Westworld was up against Deadwood first first round. Mm-hmm. I you know like TV movies we talk about this like it's subjective. Um, you can feel how you feel. Nostalgia plays. I don't give a shit, man. Deadwood is objectively better than Westworld. Listen, Westworld is not that good. I'm, I'm I, you know what? Okay, look. When the show came out, I was like, "Yeah, it's a, it's all right." Everybody was talking about how great it was, and that's fine. I'm I'm in the minority. That's cool. But to put Westworld over any of the shows that it beat along the way is absurd. Just I, totally I, absurd. I thought it was against Veep round two. It was actually against the Young Pope. I would put Westworld over to the Young Pope. So I will amend my statement. Like I don't mind Westworld beating the Young Pope, but Deadwood was better than Westworld. Curb your enthusiasm is more iconic than Westworld it's at a also, minimum. It's also better. Um, Westworld does not come close to the wire, like it, 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 it should be Wire versus Thrones if we're talking about the two most important shows that started the most conversations that garnered the most interest. Um, it, it should be Wire versus Thrones, but Westworld over over the wire is nuts. And if Westworld somehow beats Game of Thrones, then I the, don't even know. The only other one I could have accepted was was The Sopranos because it's also that iconic and it's also still a great show. That's still you know it, it, it. I I just I just finished a rewatch. It's still it's still phenomenal. So I yeah I, I yeah okay and you, I mean you like it more than I do but that's okay. Right. That's the other thing is Chernobyl. Chernobyl, you know, it, it, it wins the first couple rounds is fine. It was well done. A lot of people like the show. I was not a big Chernobyl fan simply because I didn't have the stomach for it. I just I just did not have the stomach to watch people get microwaved yeah. in, in real time. And I found it very, I, like, my anxiety was, like, two up through that show. I did, I, but it's had, like, six, it was a six-episode season, right? Like I, I was just looking it up. I was like, yeah, it, it's got a, fi- a five- or six-episode run, and they have it beating, like, you know, shows that went six, seven The Sopranos. Seasons. It beat The Sopranos. That's absurd. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's six episodes. Like, how? It just doesn't have the staying power. It didn't have the entertainment. It didn't, it didn't you know, garner the dialogue. Um, it, it's, it's not going to be the... Um, blueprint for a hundred shows over the next, you know, ten years. Like it, it just can't. There's it's not, there's not a feasible bias. argument for it over Sopranos. Recency bias. That's the only thing. Yeah. But anyways, we we might have to do our own top. Maybe that's what we'll do on Monday. Our top five HBO shows. Or maybe we'll, we maybe we won't we won't pull it, but we'll um we'll we'll mix it in because let's that, do that. 
Yes. I, I also felt like Rome was very heavily slept on. You always uh, cape for Rome, and you know what? I appreciate it because Rome is an actually is actually a really good show. It just it it got cut short, and then it did. all and then also Game of Thrones came just a couple years later, and it's not at all the same show, but no. it's it's similar enough in people's minds that didn't watch it. You know, for, you know, from an imagery standpoint, that they just they just go like, oh, well, why wouldn't I just watch Game of Thrones? But yes, for folks out there, check out Rome. It's a very, very good show. What did it go about? Three seasons? Yeah, three, three seasons. Or no, two. It only went two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Rome is like really good, man. And it, it it's not the Game of Thrones magic fantasy element, but like it's old school historical drama. And you got politics. You got the politics of Game of Thrones. You have the relationships, and you got some good battles, man. Like you got mm-hmm. you got some more in there too. I, I just think I, obviously it wasn't going to be Thrones in round one, but I just think that's the one. Like there are a lot of really loud Deadwood fans who love Deadwood. Yeah. Um, their band of brothers has like so many fans. Eastbound and Down is a classic, but I, I don't. People don't stand. People don't stand for Rome enough. Listen, Eastbound and Down, it's not for everybody. But you can watch. I can go back and watch that at any time. I mean, you you know my type of humor. Oh, I, yeah. I, I can go back and watch that at any time. Kenny Powers. That, that is that is, that show is so so great. I, iconic is going to be like my Woody doll. It's just gonna. I'm just gonna say iconic, iconic. Yeah, that's but, right. Just go with it. But I love Eastbound and Down. I I, I, I think it's one of the funniest sitcoms. Did you end up watching Vice Principals? We can we can have this. Like, let's have the HBO shows. Um, I watched the first two, first two seasons or first two episodes. Yeah, first two seasons. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I I didn't know it went longer than two. In fact, I thought it, it. I, thought I think it it's ended. three, right? Oh, it maybe maybe it was three, but yeah. It was, or maybe it, three's coming out because I, I I feel like I finished season two a while ago. It was, and I thought that was the end of it. But either oh, way, oh yeah, you're right. It, maybe it is the end of it. I thought a third season was coming though. No, not because not. because what's his name? Um, oh my man, now I can't think of his name. He's on uh, Righteous Gemstones. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Danny Pride. No, not Danny McBride. Uh, man, what is my man's name? Oh, both of Walter them. Walter Goggin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Danny McBride, yes, but Walter Goggin. I, it, okay, so maybe I only saw the first season of Vice Principals then. Maybe I didn't see season two. You, it, it, it's worth checking out. It's worth Cause it. Because it, I remember it ending with like their like, allies and... Yes, and they, they burned come back. a car or something. Yeah, that that's the end of season one, if I'm not mistaken. Then they come okay. back and they're going... Yeah, like it, there, there's another season for it. And I, I watched the first few episodes of Righteous Gemstones, and I thought it was pretty funny, and I, I thought I'd come back to it, but I never did. Uh, I recommend coming back to it. it. It it's it's what you expect out of honestly out of a, out of a Danny McBride you know show, but you know John Goodman, and I, I can never remember the sister's name, but she's you know she's brilliant. Um, it, it across the board, Righteous Gemstones ends up being you know pretty rewarding. Uh, yeah, I might have to come back to it. Um, the last thing I'll say on the HBO one is the first season of Big Little Lies remains perfect. Yes. The second yes. one was, but the first season, The Big Little Lies remains perfect. The second one, they threw in Meryl Streep and said, "Hey, look, we got Meryl Streep." See how everyone felt about? Yeah, that is what they did. They thought that would be enough, <laughs> and it wasn't. Um, True Detective, the first season, a lot of people felt like just leave it. This is what it is. It's perfect. That's how I felt about Big Little Lies. Like I was like, I'm down for True Detective cast rotating. I, I, I like the idea of rotating big names in for unique seasons. I, I was for it. Big Little Lies, I was like, this was a perfect show. It didn't drag. It had a nice punch at the end. You don't need to do anything else with it. Um, I wish they had stuck, stayed the course. I could have been, you know, kind of like what you just alluded to, I would have been okay if they had done the same thing with this one. If they're going to continue the show, I it, you know, because really that story came to an end. Like, I, I get it. Season two, I've watched it. it it's not terrible. Uh, but they had enough 
to make you know, like you know, to where you were satisfied with it. I I would have been okay if they had you know brought just a whole new set of people in, just like they do with True Detective. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you would have done that so much for Big Little Lies, but but yeah, I, 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 I was I was just a new a, a new a new neighborhood, a new scenario where it's essentially oh, okay. the same the same gotcha. type of setup where you're you know you're just uh, you're working through the issues. But Big Little Lies is based on a book. Right. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but yeah, that is why um, they did not. But yeah, no, I think they're doing a third season too, if I'm not mistaken. So it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, before we get back to uh, our list of NBA topics this week, um, a word from our good friends at Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Okay, a couple more NBA discussions. Honest right. to God, how you feel about a certain um, talking head former player in the media who will remain unnamed um, is how I feel about Ryan Hollins. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I feel like every time, like when NBA players, there's probably like a large line. Like like every year, let's say like. 50-ish NBA players play their last game, give or take. You know, you have 60 guys coming in the draft. That sounds mm-hmm. about right. Um, I, I don't understand how Ryan Hollins hopped to the front of that line and, and got himself a media job. He must know somebody. There must be, you know, an angel looking out for him or a former assistant coach somewhere in a production team because Ryan Hollins, honest to God, has these stupidest talking. Every time... I see him on the timeline. I'm just like, this is the stupidest, stupidest conversation starter I have ever seen. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I li- see. I like him because he's like a nice enough guy. But is yeah, sometimes a lot of times like the, the, the just the stuff that's being pushed on the timeline is so absurd that I think, man, somebody that knows you's got to get in your ear and say like, here, let me t- let me take care of your Twitter for you, man. Let, let me hook you up. I, I mean, the only only answer that I have is he's you know you know he he you know he he, he is able to do it, um, like he, as in a, he has a voice. Yeah, and... he's got a UCLA. I'm, uh, I I edited what I was going to say, so let's just keep that going. <laughs> he's got a UCLA background. He's probably got you know you know good representatives. Uh, you know he, he played a, a good portion of his career in Los Angeles. So I mean I I, I, I can see how he angled his way in there because it actually started with radio. You know uh, I, I don't know if you remember you know. Probably about five, six years ago is when it kind of started, where you would you would hear him on you know doing radio spots more and more. Uh, once his you know whichever you know uh, shitty team that he was on was out of the playoffs, he would you know, he he would kind of provide radio analysis, especially out in Los Angeles. So he did kind of work his way up, but agreed, it, it's rough. Sometimes those talking points are just rough. Yeah, like I remember he did a top ten list, and I have never seen a worse top. Like there are accounts that are like real NBA facts that are run by like 11 year olds <laughs> who get closer than he got with this top 10 list and I flamed him for it and that's how NBA Twitter works I didn't say nothing about my man personally I was just like this list sucks Yeah. and um, he blocked me for it which is super soft because you, that's just how NBA Twitter works man if you put out some garbage people are going to call on you call you on it his take like, and I mean I, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff in the last 8 months probably because I was blocked and I didn't realize it until this tweet came up Mm. 
Was LeBron's time in Miami a disaster or severely underrated? Now, <laughs> those are the only two options, huh? Those are the options. I'm like, <laughs> we all know that sports talk is hyperbolic. We all we we all know that, and and I think that could Shaq and Kobe have one more argument is a fun talking point. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you want to take a hard stance that they underachieved because you think they could have won five, fine. But to th- to then go from like did LeBron and like did LeBron in Miami um, underachieve would have been hot. Did LeBron and Wade underachieve more than Kobe and, and Shaq? Would have been hot and got people popping off on the timeline and did exactly what we wanted. Was it a disaster? Like, what is the argument for two titles and four finals runs being a disaster? There is no argument for it, and that's the thing. Like, like I actually feel guilty because I do I do like Ryan Hollins, but, yeah, when I saw that, I thought, what the fuck? It's the type of shit that I would normally block people for. <laughs> like, honestly, I was like, wait, what is this shit? Block. And then I saw it was him, and I thought, oh, Ryan. <laughs> I just, like, I, I honestly, there's very few times I, I just see a tweet from someone where I'm just, I have no interest in, like, actually trying to, like, understand where they were coming from, adding on to it. What I just, I couldn't even, man. I was like, and then how do you pivot to severely underrated? Yeah, look, again, I... Ryan Hollins, if you if you listen to this show before you block me, let me let me let me help you out, man. I used to do, I I've done brand management before. Let me let me help you, man. I I'll curate your timeline better than I do mine. It was a yeah. I just ugh. I just I, I felt dirty after just even having read that one. I was like, ugh. Okay. Um. At Stephen underscore LeBron says, name something that happened this NBA season that feels like it was twenty years ago. And my first one right off the top was Zion hitting more threes in a quarter than Simmons hitting the game. But what was what what comes to mind for you? That was a good one. Yeah, wait, no, it's, it's then Simmons hitting his career, right? Yeah, sorry, then Simmons hitting his career. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's crazy to me. Honestly, the entire thing, like, th- it really does feel like a blur. Like to think that the last NBA action that I watched was that weekend where you know the Lakers obviously took on the Bucks as well as the Clippers, and it was like, that was like three and a half months ago, man. So like. <laughs> uh, Anything in the same place? The fact that Zion missed the first half of the season, <laughs> you know, the yeah. fact that you know, the fact that John Morant was one hundred percent the Rookie of the Year, like we, like all, all everything that basically everything that took place in the first half of the season seems like it was an eternity ago. Yeah, I I, I, ha- I thought of a few after the fact. I didn't tweet them all out because I wanted to, to, you know, save some of these for the show. Um, Kawhi Leonard gave Toronto the best night of their life. Smoked one dart on the deck. And took a chopper to LA. That was this season. Like that. That was this this off season. A man won Finals MVP in his mm-hmm. first year of the team and just bounced because he wasn't feeling it. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was not that long ago. I mean, we're coming up on a year now, but like that was not that long ago. Um, Chris Middleton dropped fifty one points hmm. in in January, and I remember watching that game thinking, "Oh my goodness, the Bucks are unbeatable." Uh, that that feels like forever ago. Yeah, I mean, if Chris Middleton's dropping 51, they are. But, yes. (laughs) Kyrie Irving tripped on the crossover to score 50 in his Brooklyn Nets debut um, and and still almost made the jumper, ended up losing that game. But that that feels like forever ago. Um, Anything that took place at the beginning of the season, really definitely, it feels like two, three seasons ago. Yeah, Steph Curry playing basketball feels like forever. <laughs> I had, I had actually forgotten that he played this season. Honestly, yeah. I'd forgotten that. Well, I mean, yeah, I remembered the first couple, but I I had forgotten that he he actually came back until I saw it on the timeline. I was like, oh yeah, he did. He did suit up again. Did totally he play forgot. again? 
Yeah, he played a oh, couple yeah, games. He did. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, at JJ Maples 55 underscore MST. And we both like Jason. Um, oh, yeah. He said, he said point guards that he would take over Trey Young include Shea Gilgis Alexander, John Morant, Lonzo Ball, and De'Aaron Fox. Um, my man, my Wait, man. How long ago was this? Today. I think. Oh, I thought yeah. you were naming stuff from earlier in the season. I was like, okay, this is no, that, no. I'm moving on. This is another one. Um, what do you think about that one? So he would take. Okay, uh, run it back one more time for me. Over, he would take uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, John Morant, Lonzo Ball, and De'Aaron Fox all over Trey Young. I mean, he doesn't like diminutive point guards that don't play defense. I get that, um, but like, I think, I think sometimes we overcorrect. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you know, we, we swing a little bit too hard when it comes to things like that. Like, yes, he's terrible on defense, but he's a, he's all world on offense already, and he is a legitimate playmaker beyond being a scorer. You know, like so, like I, I, I I've seen people say things like Trey is like you know uh, uh, because he's so bad on de- on defense, he's a below average player. I don't necessarily think I can go quite that far. Just like just like I would say the same things back in the day when people were going too far with Harden. Even though yes, it's it's fun to make fun of. It's it's fun it's fun to you know make light of. But you know simply because he doesn't you know simply because he's bad on one side doesn't make him a bad player. Here is the biggest compliment um, I can give Trey Young. When I see my fellow Dallas Mavericks fans dunking on the Hawks for that trade, I do not join in because mm-hmm. I am not absolutely certain that Luca is a way better player than Trey over the course of their careers. I'm not absolutely certain. I feel like he's going to be better. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with Luca, but I think what Trey can do offensively is somewhat like the fact that his team sucks and that he doesn't play defense is 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 well noted. Yeah, but I think people are somewhat underrating what Trey might be able to do, especially if you get him some guys around. Him. Like, let's be real. Like people, so the the, the someone that hasn't played before will say you know throw out you know things like oh well if you someone's got to score the points. Well, yes, technically someone has to score the points, but when you're Trey Young on that roster and 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 putting up a nightly 30, 30 plus. That's significant. That's in, that's in, that's incredible because everyone is focusing on you. Everyone is saying, "Okay, yeah, he's not gonna do it." No, yeah, sorry. I uh, I think I think people are kind of underestimating. Like, there's like, hey, empty points, and you don't play defense, so you probably hurt your team more than you help, mm-hmm. and that happens. Um, but Trey might be a scale breaker, and that like that's what I keep coming back to. Like, there's like five or six guys. Who are just so good at, at scoring and creating for others that it doesn't really matter, and um, he he might be on that level. So, yeah. I I, I think at least she, one step off. Like he's a, yeah he's a, yeah he's in the conversation. I, I I could you know like I could see a case for Shea or Jaw where you think that they're gonna improve as, as pull up shooters and they're so much better defensively and they have the intangibles you know that you already like. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but still, I, I definitely think right now that order for me is Trey, Shea, Ja, Ball, Fox. Yes. Uh, you yeah. know what? I, I can appreciate that you didn't do, that you didn't reverse the last two. I can appreciate that you that you've softened on, on Lonzo. But then again, that's because you've also always hated the uh, the era. Yeah, and I mean, like to be clear, like when he says hated, like I've never been high in this game. I've no, I yeah, yeah, actually hate not him. hate him as a person. N- n- none of that. You know, just talking about how he plays. Yeah, yeah, just not not the kind of game. And, and to be honest, De'Aaron's already better than I thought he'd be. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
We'll see what happens. Um, at MKE Bucks 34, wanted to take this further, I think. Okay. Because this came after this tweet. Dante DiVincenzo is a better basketball player than Trey Young. Defense, period, matters, period. Okay, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I'm a fan of Dante. I want Dante D, you know, Dante DiVincenzo to be nice. Uh, you know, I, I'm here for the story. I'm here for you know, like he, that he actually has game. But stop this bullshit, guys. Come on. Like, just just say you don't like Trey Young. Just say that. That's cool. You know, you don't you don't like his hair. You don't like him being, you know, like you know, you're frail looking or whatever. You know, that's fine. But he's Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo is not a better player than him. Just like as much as I love love Alex Caruso, he's not a better basketball player than Lou Williams. He's a more complete all around type guy because he's not great at any one thing. But like I throw that in there because that conversation was taking place on the timeline, this, you know, this week as well. Yeah, I was not trying to have. I, I I did see that one, and that was I lied. There there was a couple this weekend. I just didn't want any part. I didn't even make a note on that. And I was like, I'm not discussing. I'm not discussing Alex Caruso versus Lou Williams. I just won't. I won't do it. And this is um, the thing. And, and I, you know, that I think Alex Caruso is really good. Like, and when I say really good, I mean like in his for, role, yeah, for what he is exactly for his role. He's great at that. I told you last year, last year that I thought he was the best point guard on the on the roster because he was, <laughs> but not because I thought he was great, just because I thought that was more indicative of where that position was at you know where that position has been. But yeah, we don't we don't have to jump out the window on these things, folks. You could you could show love to your guy without you know without you know completely you know sounding like a jackass. Yeah, so I'm doing I'm doing a, another all time redraft thing that some other guys running. Okay. And I'm, I hopped in a Discord channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who Ben Taylor is? I do not. Um, I think he's LG35 on Twitter. Hmm. He does a, a bunch of like advanced stats. Um, he's written a book on basketball. He is Zach Lowe for basketball nerds right now. Okay. Okay. So, so and he- ben, ben is awesome. No shade Ben's way. Uh, some of the stats that like I'm a Patreon subscriber of Ben. He is one of two people I subscribe to on Patreon. Okay. Like he, he puts out some great stuff. Um, I am very much a stats plus eye test kind of guy, right? Like, I, I don't worship stats. I don't worship film. I, I, I have always thought, you know, in tandem to make the best decision here, right? As um, it should be. There are people who listen to the show who are like, are you kidding me? You're a stats guy because I list a lot of stats. But, like, I'm telling you to all those people out there who have talked to me or listened to the show and think I'm a stats guy, I'm not even close. Like, there are guys out there who I don't even think watch basketball who entirely watch it through spreadsheets, and it's like... There are definitely those guys. Speaking yeah. of that chat that I used to be in. <laughs> yeah, some of those, yeah, but those there are some, like, numbers based on numbers based on numbers that I, I don't even take the chance. Anyways, this draft, um, Carmelo Anthony went at 142. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the concept was you take everyone's in the best three years of their career. So Carmelo okay. went one forty two. Right in front of him, someone took Joe Ingles at one forty one. What? Um, uh, let me take a couple of Shane Battier went at ninety five. Okay. okay. Um, Wait. Yeah. No. 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 Let me keep going. Eddie Jones went at seventy four. Brandon Roy went at sixty three. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think. Who do you think is better, Manu or Carmelo? That's actually close, but the fact okay. that, the so, fact yeah, that you haven't close. said so, Manu, it means he's in the 50s and Melo's at 140. 
Yeah, Manny went at 43 and Melo went at 41. Come on, guys. <laughs> now, this isn't just a Melo thing. Like, Dominique Wilkins didn't go far off. We have reached a point where stats have painted players who score points as uh, lacking in value. Yes. Um, I think we've almost gone we, – we have gone too – we've gone too far. Yes. Like, I, I just don't – like, and I really do think, like, the Shane Battiers and the Bruce Bowens and the Tony Allens and the Roger Bells and the Doug Christie's that everyone loves. Rick Foxes, um, yep. For, for being dicks and doing their job and, and D'ing up. Uh, maybe that's not fair to Shane, but probably the rest of the guys, that is fair. Um, it, it it It's pretty insane that, like, that's where we're at. Like, the, the, there is a really stats-based community. And it's the same thing if you saw my Kevin Garnett poll last week. This community thinks Kevin Garnett is top seven all time, and they think that uh, Kevin Durant isn't in that conversation with Kevin Garnett. Yeah, again, like, look... I never say that I'm the smartest guy in the world because I'm not. I'm just a guy that you know. I, I've I've played basketball. I've watched basketball. I've been around the game. You know the, the sport, obviously, and I you know I, I obviously have an obsession for it. So I never tell like you know stats guys like, hey, you guys are wrong because you're not. Like I get it if you're basing it on like the numbers. I get I get that your perspective, but when you go to this extreme, speaking generally, not you, um, when you go to this extreme. And you're talking about, you know, having Shane Battier and guys like that over Carmelo Anthony. I, I, I can't have the conversation. Well, like, the thing is, the thing is, like, there, there is, like, there are situations where I'd rather have Shane Battier over Carmelo Anthony. Well, yes, like, I already have three guys that can score, and I just there, want, like, there is some 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 context of fit. J- Josh, there's situations where, you, where you'd rather have a, a, a quick fast food hamburger over a home-cooked meal because it just makes more sense. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the fast food hamburger is better than the home-cooked meal. No, no, I know, and that's but that's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm just saying in this game, like I could understand if Shane Batty went like 100 because you already had LeBron and Gary Payton, and you don't need scoring. Mm-hmm. You want more defense. Like I, I understand, like if you're building a team, it's a different consideration. But I just think in general, all of these guys who are scorers first, we we we, we the the stats community has reached a point where they're being undervalued. So we're we're really on the same side here. We are. I'm just saying. It, it's just yeah. The other conversation I wanted to have um, about, you know, fan fan situations is um, was about IQ. Did you see any of this? I did not. Okay, so there was this um, idea that, okay, well, fans in general talk about uh, player IQ hmm. like they know, right? Hmm. So the tweet was this guy, Josh Farah underscore nine, says... Caruso's and IQ, sorry, Caruso's IQ and feel for the game is definitely better than Lou. He has almost LeBron-like IQ. Okay, so and then he got he got memed for like the white guy gets the IQ thing. Oh, okay, um, (laughs) right, and and like yeah, maybe there's shades of that. I get the inference, but in general, I always hate this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it look. Anytime we start talking about IQ, for one, how the hell do you know? To, you don't know. You're just you don't basing, know. You're yeah. basing it on like, oh, he made a smart play, so that means no, 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 no. And also, it's borderline uh, coded, you know, co- coded conversation. You know. What I'm yeah, saying? And, and it can be. It can be right. Like, yeah, the sneaky athletic with Gordon Hayward. Exactly. Yeah. No, if you watch basketball, you know that Gordon Hayward can could really jump. Yep. You know, like I, I but anyway, it's, it's not even about that. It's just like in general for me, I feel like ninety nine percent of people who talk about the average player's basketball IQ. Um, don't have a fucking clue. No. Like, Serge Ibaka could be the absolute master of X and O's, 
or need an assistant coach walking him through every play in practice? I don't know. Someone around the team might be able to tell me a little bit better. But you as a fan don't know. And, like, there are so many, like, the, the smartest stats people in the world will tell you it's really hard to track, to take defensive stats seriously because if, if the coach tells them to jump the screen or, mm-hmm. or to fade or to come with help, like, you don't know what the coaching or the scheme is all the time. So even if you know what the action is and you feel like he did a big job or left his man, you don't know what he's been told behind, you know, mm-hmm. closed doors. That for IQ times a 1,000. Like, you don't know. You, you don't, like... It's literally just a talking point. It's it's something yeah. it's something that you know the, the folks heard, you know uh, the broadcast talking about you, you know, LeBron James having a galaxy brain and this that and the other. That's fine. It's because yes, it it is obvious he's a basketball genius. But be but let let's leave it there. But but, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like okay, like if you want to talk about Chris Paul or LeBron James, yes. having basketball IQ off the charts, that's warranted because we we've heard them talk through you know any number of sets and and what the defense is running and you know like they've proven it to you over a decade of playing basketball at a very high elite level and having those conversations through you know many platforms but it's all the conversations like and again yes the coded language but like you don't have a damn clue if alex caruso or lou williams would be better in a classroom talking basketball no you don't know no come on man like no, no. no what that was and whatever you, you see this type of stuff on Twitter all the time. I don't. I yell. I don't really have proof that Caruso. Speaking generally, as the person, I don't have proof that Caruso's better, but I like him more. So what? What can I go to? Well, I'm surprised you didn't say he also jumps higher because, like, 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 like that's something that he can actually prove. Like to go to go there, it's just like I don't have anything to say. And 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 yo. Know, if I look at Lou's stats, they're clearly better. So yeah, Alex, you know, Caruso is a, is is a brilliant player, which he is a very smart and a heady player. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's any headier than any of the other guards that are, you know, like, you know that you know uh, comparable uh, guy. It's just one of those ones that I don't really like to talk about if I don't know, yeah. right? Like, and it's the same with the coaching conversation. Like a lot of time, people will be like, "Who's the better coaching candidate?" Like, uh, you know, for example, Jason Kidd might be getting interviewed by the Knicks today. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone I know around Milwaukee says Jason Kidd kind of bumbled his way through that. So I wouldn't want to take a shot on Kidd. But, like, when assistant coaches come from Pop's bench and everyone's like, oh, he's a Pop guy. He must be great. Mm-hmm. Or you, you don't know. Like, well, I, I've never had a conversation. I don't know what he's going to run or what kind of coach he's going to be. Like, people just really talk, get, you know, get ahead of themselves with some of these conversations that they really have no idea. Yeah, pretty much. Um <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the last one I'm going to do is... Actually, no, we'll save it. Let's do... I know we're tight on time. you got to get running. Let's do... Uh, what have you been watching? I've been watching nothing but Queen of the South. I know I, I, I alluded to it uh, in the last episode, but now I want to talk about it for a quick second. This show is absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to lie. This is the best show that has been recommended to me in quite some time. Matter of fact, since uh, Mr. Robot, uh, everybody was getting on my case, what was that, three, four months ago, saying, no, you absolutely need to finish that. And they were right, and you were right. So I'll give you your props on that. The pacing, I'm going to be like... Through one episode, I was like, "Okay, that's the way you kick off. A, that's that's where you kick off a series." Then two two episodes went by. Then three episodes went by. 
Folks, this show has the pacing of Breaking Bad Season 4 from the start of the series all the way through. I'm midway through Season 3. I can't imagine it's going to change anytime soon. But, you know, like, if you were a fan, you know, like Josh was 100% right. He nailed it on this one. If you were a fan of Breaking Bad or any show like that that's about, like, cartel or that type of activity, this is absolutely a show that you should be watching. You were also right. Pote is my guy, man. Yep. Um, love Alice Braga. You know, she plays Teresa. Uh, love Veronica Falcone. She plays uh, Camila Vargas. Um, they they've been crushing it all the way through. Like honestly, this this is this is definitely one of the better shows that I've seen. The better new shows that I picked up. Yeah, I, I think like Pote. I, I I one of my big annoyances if you like run a cartel or a gangster show, mm-hmm. there needs to be muscle around all the time. Always. Like if I was ever a boss, I would have like at least two, if not three to four, badasses with me, all the time. Like just like straight boys. Uh, Teresa gets it right. Having Pote around is the move. You you want someone who's totally loyal and hard as nails. And that always bothered me in Breaking Bad. I'm like, Walt has all of this money. Why uh-huh. does he not have his own team? Yeah. Why doesn't he, he have his just, own security? He's just all walking around the time. <laughs> like, I, I just I never. That was one of the things that always low key bothered me about that show. Um, I've been watching Clone Wars. Okay. I talked about I think on on the show last week about how the first season is just bloody painful. Mm-hmm. Um. So bad, man. The first season of Clone Wars is just so brutal. Um, but you stuck but with pe- it. People kept telling me, like, stick with it, stick with it, like, midway se- through season two. Yeah, it's really good, man. And, and if you like Star Wars, I'm almost at the point where I like, I've like i enjoyed season three of Clone Wars more than the movies. Oh, okay. Because it, it's just the era of Star Wars that I wanted. Let like, me... what they tease you. You know, Attack of the Clones, so, like, Anakin is starting to be, like not happy with the situation and wants to get with his girl and thinks the Jedi aren't really with it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like 10 years later, boom. You know, yeah. like, this me, This is the money time, I think. Let me ask you this. Can I skip season one since it sucked and just jump in? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay. I, I okay. think you legit can. Okay. And, um, yeah, season, I'm almost done season three now. So I, I think there's seven seasons. So I'm making my way through here at a pretty good pace. I'll probably do that eventually. But, like, when, when you hit me with uh, season one just sucks... I, I, unlike you, I I don't I don't stick with things. If 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 that season one sucks, I'm usually not going to stick with it. But if I can skip it and, and stick with and stay with the program, I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, it's funny because as I was watching it, I got to about episode eight of season one, and I was like, I've seen all of these before. So I had quit it a previous time, um, <laughs> trying trying to do it because my brother's a huge Star Wars fan. So I try. I think I tried to watch it on his recommendation once, but no, it does get a lot better. It, it is kind of like Harry Potter esque. Hmm. Where like the first season is like, oh, you're little kids, you're watching Clone Wars animated, and uh, then it gets more like, you know, what the show got darker, the show's got to get darker. So got it. It, it it gets to, it gets there. Like Jedi's are starting to drop and things are happening, and um, yeah, no, it's it's been pretty good. I'll check it out for sure. I'll check it out for sure. So that's gonna wrap wrap this one. Uh, we will be back on uh, Jabari. Will be back. I won't be back. I'm gonna go do some end of the year shenanigans with uh, with the staff so Jabari will be back Thursday with a guest to be named at a later date and we will get back um, I think we talked about Brad Pitt maybe we'll do Brad Pitt's five most important roles or best roles I'm here um, for that for Monday we'll do that for Monday along with any other NBA news um, once again if you haven't liked rated reviewed subscribed to the podcast please do that we appreciate it um, we appreciate you hitting us up on Twitter uh, that's the best take care guys